0: It isn't all due drinks to words by and uh the party is begun. And uh we are very excited uh because on with us is of course as you could see uh Gregory motherfucking Carlos in the house. Very excited man, to have you man, on. The legend. Exactly. Finally, you you've been in all forms of the show, now you get to be on the virtual form. So uh, uh needless Ooh. to say we're all excited. To have you on and to uh, pick at your brain, because there are a few things, of course, that uh, we want to get to. Um, But this isn't all new drinks to by. We want to know what everyone is drinking. So uh, go ahead, David, and start us off.
1: Uh, I am having a uh, my version of the Big Mac. La Big Mac. Uh, Didn't have to muddle. uh, I couldn't muddle the the blackberries this time, so they're just frozen blackberries. (laughs) Okay. All right.
0: I mean, mean, was it you were just lazy or you just.?
1: Well, my wife's in the kitchen and she's like putting her foot in it. So I didn't want to disturb her by pulling out the blender and all that. Because again, the the blackberries are frozen. So I was just like, all right, pop them in
0: there. Right. (laughs) Uh, Real quick sidebar, Um, Greg, uh, you know, how would you feel if you just put like blackberry juice instead? Do you think that would change the drink a little bit? Um,
2: flavor wise, not a whole lot, but, um, I, when you're in the bar setting, it's more about like the preparation and building the drink. So I think, you know, that's like a whole different experience when you're doing it at home. Like for example, if you were going to try to like batch that cocktail and do it on like a large scale for a lot of people, you could cook down the blackberries into a syrup, like a blackberry, simple syrup, real, real heavy on the blackberry. And then just do like a bourbon with that syrup and then add some cranberry juice and on the rocks and you garnish it or not. If you start with fresh blackberries, you'll get like a way closer taste to what you're used to having at the bar than if you use a frozen. But if you buy the fresh, you can cook those down into a syrup that'll stay good for, you know, it'll stay good for a week, but you probably finish it in like a day or two, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's a good pro tip for everyone. Uh, You know, still making their cocktails at home. Um, I myself am. uh, I did it on a wedding venue
2: one time. And as a bartender, like we made a a drink menu for the guests so that it would kind of narrow down how much alcohol the people who were hosting the wedding would have to provide. And had I just thought this through and actually followed the instructions I just gave you, like we could (laughs) have the drinks out so much faster, but instead, We literally muddled blackberry for every single cocktail for, like, a 200-person wedding, you know. Wow. Oh. It was crazy. But afterwards, I thought, man, you know, we could have just, like, prepped a little harder and, like, you know, made syrup out of the blackberries and just kind of, like, um, adjusted the the recipe a little bit to accommodate that. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, if you wanted to do it at home, you could do it that way instead of, like, you know, going through the process of like muddling it and building it every time.
0: Yeah, definitely. But every, everything is, uh, you know, a buildup, you know, when we started doing, I wanted to wait to get you on, to, to have you on the right time for the virtual show because we had to get some test subjects on, you know, just to check everything out and make sure everything uh, was going good. And it finally, you know, progress to where we can now have, like, people on that are important. Not saying that people were important, but we're just like, okay, you know. <laughs> you were on before,
1: it was him, not me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I totally get that. And, uh, you know, once you go through something and, you know, it takes a couple times, you know. And somebody has to be the first one through the door, you know, and, and go through an experience like that in order to realize um, – you know, the next time would be a lot better. But I myself am drinking a glass of wine. I just finished having dinner, and um, uh, I went. And, uh, I bought the most expensive two dollar uh, wine that there was. So this is how it's going for me. I m- I miss drinking wine. I haven't drank wine in a while.
2: You know what? I've I've kind of been on a small break from it, but you know, about a month or so ago, I was on this kick with a certain like brand that I really just kind of fell in love with. And it's just, it was so easy to just sit down and watch TV and have a couple glasses and, you know, stuff just, and you know, a bottle of wine is only four glasses. So it's yeah.
1: like,
2: you yeah. can drink a bottle of wine fairly easy. And then
1: two, two of you are really into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether or not you want to like commit to the fifth glass and open another bottle or just call it at that point, you know?
0: Yeah. What, what are you drinking, Greg,
2: um, you know, actually, drinking water at this point. My favorite little Topo Chico. And then, then um, I'm kind of savoring on a drink I had. I had to go down to the bar today to um, pick up a bottle that I bought from somebody. It was like a European edition of something. And so um, it shipped in finally, and they brought it to me there. And it was quite dry. Like, you know, the guy's really – he's a cool guy. He's a, a friend, and somebody, like – in the whiskey world that I talked to quite a bit. And so he brought the bottles to me and like just sitting there going over stories and talking about the industry and, you know, he's a bartender as well and how things are going to be and what's looking. And, um, we decided to just splurge a little bit and have a really good pour. And we had some of that double Eagle, very rare, the 20 year Eagle rare. Wow! And so, um, I'm kind of like savoring on that because we just, you know, we poured ourselves like an ounce and just sat there and, you know, you sit there with your nose in the glass at the time when you have something like that, just like examining every little bit of it, I guess. <laughs> and So I got home and I was like, I don't even like having my Fernet yet. You know, it's, I'm kind of like relishing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait for the bar to open up uh, so we can all uh, try all that and uh, get to it, you better say that stimulus check. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I'm like waiting for it to come. You know what I mean? I'm like, come on, stimulus check. There's, there's, you, there, there's tons of bottles that I want to buy. You know, uh, especially uh, the, the Cove's whiskey, the Cove's makers, one of my absolute favorites. And I've been uh, dry without that for quite some time. So um, I, that's definitely the one of the first things I'm going to buy uh, once uh, I get that stimulus check. Um. So the reason why we have you on, Greg, is because uh, I saw a post that I knew was near and dear to David's heart. And, of course, what I'm talking about is Coming to America, the sequel to Coming to America. And um, before I get your take, I, I know how near and dear this is to David's heart. And I wanted to get David's take first be- before we get on to yours. My- I think my take might be a little off from your guys not on purpose. But, you know, there, there are certain things that I understand uh, w- when watching a movie. But, uh, David, uh, go ahead. You have the floor uh, to begin oh, on this okay. take.
1: So I guess um, first and foremost, coming to America – The original is my favorite comedy Like bar none I quote it left and right Absolutely love the movie Thought it was hilarious I went into this movie with no hope (laughs) Because (laughs) I just knew It's it's 30 years later It's it's And I didn't post anything because One I was going to wait for the show Two People actually liked it Some people, for whatever reason, they found joy in this movie, and I did not. Um, It's not his worst movie. It's not his worst movie, but it wasn't a good movie. They tried way too hard to appeal to too many genres of people. You brought you had the forty plus year olds when you had salt and pepper and in vogue.
0: That was cool. I <laughs> and, like that. I like that part. And
1: then and then you had like you were trying to bring in the, the teenage to twenty five with all the hip hop song like when the his son was singing to the other princess. Like at one point, I thought it was a musical. <laughs> like it got really music heavy, and they're remaking their own songs to to talk about the king, and it was just it was like. I felt to a point like there was no acting; it was just cut scenes of trying to be funny, and the nostalgia of it I can appreciate. You know, I when they brought Randy Watson—spoiler, if you haven't watched it—you um, know, Randy Watson—and they brought peaches and cream, yeah, peaches and cream, and like they got big.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> They had too much. They had too much stood
0: grief. the test of time. Uh, <laughs> Louis Anderson, by the way, holy cow! I was like, he's still alive,
2: <laughs> right? I literally thought I heard something that said he died like five <laughs> years ago. So I was like, when I saw him, I was like, wait, are they CGIing him
1: into this movie, or what the fuck is going on? He looks, yeah. I, I thought after he got, he was because he was the the host of Family Feud for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I thought he died when they took him off the show. <laughs> I was like, "That's why he's gone." Yeah, yeah, I think I'm with you there. <laughs> but I, you know what, I, I knew it wasn't going to be good, and I was correct. It was not a good movie. It was, it was the jokes were far few between. There was a couple of chuckles that I had just for like, like I said, for nostalgia purposes. But like, it looked like Eddie Murphy took a like, paycheck sucked <laughs> he sucked the life out of arsenio hall <laughs> like he took all his weight and and lent life essence great arsenio, somebody told me arsenio hall actually looked african <laughs> 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 so but i i think right i think another part of it was like Eddie's a phys- was like when you watched him Eddie in his early years he was a physical comedian like he did like a little bit of action with like Beverly Hills Cop like he's he's like too big to do that anymore and he's not a good actor <laughs> you know he's not a good actor he's a comedic actor mm-hmm. and if you don't have that physical comedy behind you I just uh... That's 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 my take.
0: <laughs> All right. So scale of one to ten. Uh, what do you give it, David?
1: Um, That's a tough one. For nostalgia reasons, I will give it a four.
0: <laughs> wow. 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 OK. All right, uh, Greg, you have the floor. And uh, what was your take uh, on it?
2: Um. OK, so from the get, I'm going to say that I wasn't a real big fan of it. And. I'll be a hundred percent honest. Like that movie means a lot to me as well. And I think it's one of the greatest movies ever made. So I was already a little bit biased and I went into it knowing that, like, how do you recapture lightning in a bottle? You know what I mean? Like they had it perfect the first time from start to finish. There's no bad parts to that movie. So the second go around was going to be very tough for them, regardless of how they did it. You know? Um, in, in general, like the entire movie, I feel like it was just a bunch of low-hanging fruit. You know what I mean? Like they they did try to appeal to a lot of genres. And I feel like they just tried to get something out there for the people who were begging for it. And, you know, I spent a lot of time listening to the, the press during the week of the launch, you know, and like Arsenio was doing a lot of stuff and he did Stern. And it was a great interview, but I started to get the impression after listening to that that, It's like one of those things where everybody else wants to work and maybe Eddie Murphy was like, no, I don't need to do this. And everybody (laughs) was like, yes, let's do this. Like, that's going to be great. Like they talked him into it or something. And, you know, look at the outcome. I think I counted maybe two times that I laughed and they were both the barbershop scenes because I felt like they were funny. The interaction was genuinely like 30 years ago. It felt like... They, we just walked back into Mighty Sharp, and and it was like nothing had changed. You know what I mean? Even like, I don't know. I mean, they just looked great. Like, it was great there. But from the hunchback suitsayer or whatever that was to, like, the songs. Like, honestly, the songs were the worst part of it for me because not only did they do way too much music, but the music was terrible. Like, it was corny. It was, like... It was, like, nearly unwatchable. You know what I mean? And I watched it with Damaris, and she's another, like, person that I knew she was going to be a hard one to sell on this. And there was no other person that I got to watch this with. I was like, w- when are you going to watch this? Because I want to be able to talk about it with you. And she's like, I'm coming over on Friday for watching it. So we watched it, and I came out, and I mean, I'm going to say within, like, 10 to 15 minutes of it being on, we were like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> I don't want to hate this, you know, but it's just not good. And there was a ton of nostalgia. And for that same reason, like, I agree with uh, David's rating. Like, I think it was a solid four just because of the amount of people they got to come back. And, like, I'm sorry, there was just parts of the movie that were fucking awful. Like, The Funeral. The Funeral. I'm like, (laughs) I mean... Do we talk about it? Are we going to talk about it? Or do you yeah. want me to leave part
0: of this house? No, no. Go no talk. 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 Watch <laughs> go. Okay. That was the stupidest thing I've ever
2: seen. Like, he, he died on command?
0: He was that good of a king, you know?
2: <laughs> and secondly, the other thing that I really didn't appreciate about the plot was that they had to go find Eddie Murphy's son because he was so weak. I'm like, what happened to Zamanca? To like, Ready? all of a sudden we have to skip generation just to hold it down? Like, <laughs> what happened? You know what I mean? Like, Eddie wasn't like, like a, I don't know what to call him. Like, he wasn't a wuss or whatever in the first one just because he wanted to, like, change the rules to get married and this and that. You know what I mean? Like, that plot was terrible. I mean, we have to go find a complete stranger so that the neighboring –
0: yeah. tribes
2: or whatever won't try to take us over when I die, which will be oh. up <laughs> <laughs>
1: right now. You know, I'm like, and and the worst part was the name of the country next Doria. It's like, they didn't even fucking try. Like, dude, no I don't know. Fruit.
0: <laughs> but Wesley Snipes was a complete... Uh, a doll I loved watching him I, He completely stole the the, the the show I mean not that there wasn't much the to steal <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the only thing he stole yeah.
0: you know
2: what? I think generously Because nostalgic reasons That movie is nothing more than a four A four and that's generous Because I don't think I could even give it another shot
0: Wow Wow. Yeah. You know?
2: I, I, and again, I'm one of those people that like I have great ties to that movie, and and you know like it's it's like if they wanted to redo like uh, the Big Lebowski, you know what I mean? Like, oh my god, yeah. You don't do that. You just you got it right and you got it perfect. Let it be. You know, it's, right. it is what it is for a reason, and we don't need to come revisit that. Like every, I'm sure most of those people had enough money to not do this. <laughs> But a lot of them were probably like, come on, Eddie, we could do this. Yeah. And like, I don't know, man. If you heard any of the press before, a <laughs> week before with Arsenio, he was selling it hard. You know what I mean? Like he really, he really needed this to work. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, out of everybody, he was the one who looked the most, like time really was not kind to him. Comparatively speaking to the other actors in that movie. I mean, even uh, James Earl Jones held up better than Arsenio (laughs) Hall. (laughs) And he He died. died. (laughs) So I don't know, man. I just – I hate to be a hater about it, but it wasn't good. It just wasn't good.
0: Yeah. But my my biggest thing that I knew out the gate that it wasn't going to be good was two things, right? In the beginning of of it, you know, in the beginning of the first ever coming to America, the whole premise is he's going to do something different. He's going to change the rules. Then 30 years later, he's like, well, my my daughter can't be uh, a queen. I'm like, well, you can change the rules. That's what you did last time. What happened to you that all of a sudden, you know, you're becoming, you know, uh, what you thought you didn't want to be. That was my, father. Yeah, right? Like, you didn't want to become him, and then you do. And uh, I thought that was extremely off character uh, for this. I thought it would have been a much better idea had it been him, you know, going back to America to seek, like, political asylum or something like that. You know, I think that would have been a much better uh, idea. In keeping with that, you know, I see a lot of people and their reviews. But one of the things that I like to do is instead, what can we have done to make this uh, movie better? Let's we can.
2: I, I got suggestion one.
0: Okay, go for it, Greg.
2: No Leslie Jones.
0: <laughs> no Leslie Jones gun.
2: Oh, I mean that's she's hard to watch. You know, it's like <laughs> she's doing a character. It's you're not getting like Leslie Jones. You're getting this like. Half Chris Rock, half Gilbert Godfrey, like mixture of like just annoying. You know what I mean? That's like her
1: character and everything. That oh, it is it's terrible. It's terrible. So like, okay. Oh, sorry, I didn't make a joke. The one scene that I actually did laugh though was I did like the, the the flashback scene where they're at the club. Not the club scene, but when they're back at the apartment and they still have the dog tape on there. Shame what it did to that dog. When she grabs the candle and then, like, wops her vagina, I laughed at that. That was, like, the only thing that I laughed out loud. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was, it was, it was like, it got you. It got a laugh. But, like, it's, I feel like she's so put on. You know what I mean? And it's, like, it's exhausting to watch somebody. I, I don't know. She's like a combination of a lot of things. Like, she's trying to be, like, with a Chris Rock delivery. But she's got the likability of, like, Gilbert Gottfried and, like, Bobcat Goldfrey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just I, – I don't like her. And then she, I feel like she screwed up Supermarket Sweep too. So I'm like <laughs> – <laughs> I haven't even watched that one. I won't watch it. <laughs> I was on Supermarket Sweep. You, you went to you, know,
0: you? You went to Maris, right?
2: Yeah. Demaris and I went on that show and we won. You know, we took home some money. But, um, you know, watching the revamp with her, it's just it's like the Leslie Jones show, you know, and she's just she comes in so strong that I feel like she just takes over anything she's in. Like every scene she was in, it was like it was her, you know, she's definitely like the loudest one in the room. And she's got this huge personality. And I know a lot of people like her. I just don't find her funny. You know what I mean? So it was a lot of her, too. So I'm like, could have use a little less Leslie?
0: Yeah. And any other suggestions that we would have? I d- again, I, I did enjoy Wesley Slips. So I I did kind of enjoy. I wish they would have used him in some other way, you know, whether like, you know, him being like the illegitimate bastard of, you know, James Earl Jones's character. I think that would have brought uh, a a funny more funnier element uh it that one. to it. That
1: they're actually brothers.
0: Yeah. Or- and and to my, and, and to my credit I don't believe that this is the first time I've ever seen uh Wesley Snipes and Eddie Murphy together so I was a little like like wow I can't believe they've never done anything together and this was like their their first time I, I believe I maybe they have done something but not to my knowledge and they've uh,
1: done the crossover of Blade and Vampire in Brooklyn <laughs> <laughs>
0: That would have been funny if they would have been watching that. Like, this is the new TV show that's, like, <laughs> that Zamundo is watching, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. See, my thing, is, yeah, my thing is, like, that movie – like, they- you cut out the music and actually just make it a movie because they rushed so much of it. Like, especially that wedding part where he's – they fly back to New York and they're going to get married the same day they fly back from New York. Like, you barely know this girl. <laughs> she cut your hair. <laughs> That's it. Like, all of a sudden? Like, at least in Lisa and, and, like, the original story, there was, like, some courting. There was a date, you know? There was the Duke cameo from Trading Places. But uh, it was like – Eddie Murphy was – like it was like if Eddie Murphy asked, who do I owe a favor to? All right, you're going to be in a movie.
0: yeah. Yeah, I never was... I'm
1: like, who else can we get? He's like Adam Sandler, just loading the thing up <laughs> with all his friends, you know. Adam, Sandler, but Adam Sandler is is the is like the number one. Like, I'm gonna take care of my crew. Mm-hmm. Like that dude puts everybody in movies.
0: Yeah, like, you're yeah. always
1: gonna work. I respect that. It may not always be funny, but at least that. This is like, if Eddie had stayed consistent and kept putting people in movies and, and helped launching careers. As opposed to making sure that his career was above everybody else's.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, what would what I give coming to America? I would give it a five. It was it was it wasn't like the greatest thing. I watched it, and I, I've said I said this in my brain. I said I'm so glad that I didn't watch this in a movie theater. You know, um, because I, I didn't pay. It, yeah, well, I mean, we all paid, you know, because we all, or, or some way or another, because we all have the the Amazon or whatever. But you know, I think that's been the saving grace, lately of all the movies that I've been watching. Whether it's Wonder Woman or Coming to America, it was like, dude, I would have went to the movies and paid to see this, but I'm so glad that I didn't. And uh, that's kind of one of those ones where I'm like, well, you know, would it? I wasted two hours of my life on a Friday night with the bar closed, you know, <laughs> and the bar yeah, been if, open. If, if
1: but if you were in the theater, the bar would have been open and you could have went out to the bar and drank and drank and forgot the movie.
0: <laughs> no, that would have been the topic of the bar. You know, just walking oh, out. No, Did, out you no Did you see it? You know how the it? bar
1: gets on, like, a movie premiere night? Like, yeah. Yeah. Forget about it. Spoilers. Yeah. You guy, young guy?
0: That was... Yeah. <laughs> That was always my favorite is walking and going to the movie and then walking to the bar and then talking about it with whoever. You know, I, I was there with all the day regulars, you know, because I would always go watch my my uh matinee and then, like, walk in for, like, a nice, like, post-movie uh, uh movie cocktail. And, you know, I'd, I'd be talking it up about the latest or whatever. Or just even weird stuff that I'd watch that I'd be like, yeah, you haven't seen – uh uh, what's that, the Phantom Thread, you know what I mean? Everyone's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, my God, you're missing out. So, yeah, I, I do miss, uh, miss stuff like that. Uh, but, again, I'm, I'm glad I didn't see it. Uh, speaking of movie characters, the one movie character that wasn't in there that I was surprised was Will Smith. I thought Will Smith was going to make some sort of cameo uh, in there because it, it just kind of seemed like the Avengers of, like, you know actors, you I know mean, what I mean? Uh, <laughs> you know coming together, I mean, they know. I was like, all right, Will Smith has Black to man. like come out.
1: <laughs> you can't you can't have two number ones though. You can't have two people at that high level. Like he would have superseded it. You, you know, th- and it has to be it has to be Eddie's movie. You think Eddie, Eddie Murphy is
0: a number 1 movie. over Will Smith?
1: If it, it, not billing there.
0: <laughs> I mean Will Smith is just making a cameo really, you know what I mean? Just to you know i, I again I, I thought like something something like that was gonna happen, you know what I mean? I was I was glad for all the cameos, but they needed that that little extra, you know, something. Um and the reason why I bring him up is because maybe he was busy, maybe you've heard about this or not. He might run for president.
1: I have not heard this.
0: Have you no, no, is this is this uh, the, the first time you guys are hearing about this? How would you uh, feel I, if a Will I, I Smith? Heard the
1: Rock, I heard really? The Rock might like like twenty twenty eight.
0: <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. We got the Rock and Will Smith running for president. <laughs> <It's>
2: enough
1: already. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, don't, I don't even. Wanna, I don't even jump on this topic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh God.
0: I'm just gonna believe that, you know? It's like. I just found out about this new thing. Okay, we know about Netflix and chill, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Now there's D&D, which I thought was Dungeons and Dragons, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm all for that. But uh, the new thing about D&D is Disney and Dick. Uh, That's the new Netflix and chill. Yeah, Okay.
1: okay. Disney
0: Plus and Dick? <laughs> well, D&D, D, yeah, you know what I mean? D Disney D Plus, D or it should be Disney Plus Dick, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, D
1: plus D. It yeah. <laughs> was a good sign.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, the, these guys are telling me about it. You know, a, a lot of my sexual, um, you know, uh, education comes from guys, you know, that are usually drunk and telling me things, you know, about, about how to get chicks, and um, they were telling me this in the midst of.
1: Come watch Hannah Montana, and then blow me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, uh, I don't know, you know. Uh, the reason why I bring this up is because my bar just opened up uh, on Friday. And so I had to work. So I had all my regulars come in. And um, so I got to spend time with them. Then after the bar closed, they're like, hey, after party at my house. And so I was like, all right, you know, I'm like, we, we, we closed the bar at a nice nine o'clock and I was like, okay, I got nothing, nothing else to do. Let me go over there. And so they were all just drinking even more, you know, but one of the funniest things was I hadn't seen these people since November. So I was wishing them all a happy new year, you know, And they were all just getting a kick out of it. (laughs) Cause I mean, I haven't seen them. So why can't I do that? You know, it's happy new year to somebody. And so they they take me there. You know, I, I after work I, I go to their house, and um, you know while they're trying to tell me all this, they're they're trying to get a flight to Vegas. That is their. When you're drunk, a flight to Vegas is like the biggest thing that they were thinking of. And they finally got me. They're like, Albert, you have to look up a flight to Vegas. And then I had three guys. who are like, I'm paying for the flights, and like, I'm paying for the hotel. And I'm like, You guys are fucking drunk. I don't know. And they're like, Albert, you're you're still sober. You could drive us. And I'm like, <laughs> like I don't I don't know about driving. They're like to the airport. And I'm like, Well, let's go see. So I looked and I to see if there were any flights to Vegas. And I, in my head, I'm like, Of course. Why wouldn't there be? You know, flights to Vegas. It's Vegas. You know, and we looked, and sure enough, there were no flights scheduled, and I couldn't believe that. Um, I know, Greg, you're 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 a Vegas kind of guy uh, these days. I don't know if you've been there or not, but is has there been a lot of people going to Vegas? Do you know?
2: So I can I can speak on like what I see. I haven't been to Vegas since last February. Okay. I think
0: it was gotcha.
2: Um, right before everything happened. And um, I, I, I haven't gone at all just because I've heard a lot of people who I know have gone and just said they haven't enjoyed themselves because of all the restrictions in place and they're a little bit wary about being around a lot of people and a lot of the bars aren't open and, you know, it's always – it's like ever-evolving what the rules are. So um, I haven't been personally. I miss it dearly and this is the longest I've gone without going in <laughs> –
1: yeah. Getting to, yeah, <laughs> years,
2: you know. Yeah, um, but I'm okay with it. I'm 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 dealing with that. But I, I tell you this because, like, geographically where I live, I see the commute of people from like the LA Inland Empire area going to Las Vegas, and it's crazy. I mean, like, if you see what the 15 freeway looks like on a Friday going north, and then what it looks like coming south on Sunday, it's just, it's like enough to make you not want to go, Wow! you know, and a lot of the people that I go with fly, which I don't because it doesn't make sense, like because of what, you know, but a lot of the people I go with fly and they don't have to deal with any of that, but they're, they're not going to fly right now. They're feeling a little bit weird about travel in general. So like, um, Scott and Mary, for example, just like somebody we all know in common, They've gone, like, once or twice since this happened because Scott was just intent on, like, I'm not going to not go for my birthday. Like,
0: you know, (laughs) he has a
2: real, like, just I'm going to do what I want attitude. You know what I mean? And so, like, even if they told him you shouldn't go, he's going to go, you know? So him and Mary have gone, and, you know, she was one of the people who told me, like, it's just not the same because – there's no bar service here. Oh, wow. And, and you know, like, you, you can get drinks from cocktail servers, but there's no bar you can go sit at and, like, just drink, you know, because they were all closed at that time. So it changed things for her drastically. Um, it doesn't matter for Scott because he sits and plays the games, like, all day long. So, you know, he's kind of, like, unaffected by it, you know. But I don't know. I, I've heard a lot of my friends talking about going at the end of this month. Because they've all been vaccinated and slowly getting back to normal. And over there, they feel comfortable with, like, the protocols that are in place with spacing people out and this and that. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go or not. I've been vaccinated. Have you really? Have you? Yeah, I I got vaccinated yesterday, as a matter of fact. Oh, wow. Yeah. First dose, second dose, or? Uh, One dose, J&J.
0: You got Um, the J&J?
2: The J&J. Wow. I'm like body aching my <laughs> my arm like where the injection yeah. was given is really really sore I just like can't tell you how tired I am like I got home from the vaccine and I was it was like 11 a.m. I took it and by three o'clock I was in bed and I took a nap for like two hours and I just felt a little groggy you know and then today I had to like peel myself out of bed at like seven o'clock I was just like it felt like 4 a.m., you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm struggling a little bit today, but I don't feel terrible. Like, uh, I don't have, like, major side effects or anything. I'm just – I just don't feel like myself, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So um, I assume by tomorrow I'll probably feel much better, especially after I sleep good tonight. But I don't know. I'm, I feel very fortunate that, like, food workers are now included in the people who are eligible, which, you know, we all kind of fall into that category So um, I took advantage of it. Like in my area, we got a lot of doses up here and largely um, – I don't want to say – I don't know how to say this. There's a large section of the community here who doesn't believe in the vaccine. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to let the microchips go in and
0: there's (laughs) a lot of
2: that in my neighborhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people think that Trump is still the president on my street. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that he's governing things from like some bunker and they still have all the flags flying and like, they just don't trust the vaccine. They're like, there's no way they're going to. So there's a ton of availability in my area for appointments. I got a vaccine at Target. No way. Yeah. They, they asked me, where do you want to go? And they gave me like a list of addresses and all of them were like, Kind of been an area that I didn't really want to go in, you know. Not, I'm not saying it was like ghetto. I just right. I don't want to go east. I could just go north a little bit, you know what I mean? So I went to Target, which is like a CVS pharmacy, and got it right there. And the vaccine was free, but it cost me like a hundred bucks to get out of the store. So <laughs> I, <you know.
0: laughs> That's how <gonna> they get you. <laughs> after
2: I took, all, you know, took, they observe you for like 15 minutes. Yeah. You know? And so after that, I just kind of walked around and bought a few things, and then went home and. Let the suffering commence.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just got vaccinated myself on Friday, and that that was a it was a quick experience. But you know, driving home, you know, and they say every dose and every vaccination is different for everybody else. But there was a time where I felt like super euphoric, you know, and I was like, I don't know if I'm feeling euphoric because I've been vaccinated or what. You know, and um, I had to look at myself in the mirror. That was the other thing, too. I was just like, "Is this?" I'm like, am I really being taken over? Does Bill Gates really care about, like, my life? <laughs> I
2: understand what you're saying. And you know what? Like, you can compare it to a lot of other things. Like, for example, if you think back to, like, the first experience you had with anything, whether it be, like, alcohol or marijuana or, you know, any kind of substance, let's say, and you, you're sitting there and you're thinking, like, is it hitting me yet? Like, am I feeling it? <laughs> like you feel like this sense of euphoria or like something's coming over you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You could have been
2: like, um, you, you been like uh, what's the word where they give you placebo. Yeah. You've still been experiencing like sensations physically. You know what I mean? So I, I totally relate because I felt the same way when I left. I was like, shit, do I need observation? right Yeah. <laughs>
0: the drive <laughs> Yeah, you know, but again the, the the whole thing too was like like Bill Gates does not care if if I get a microchip. Like I'm sure he he's, you know, that that was his main goal. We got to do this just so Albert or Greg can get microchipped, you know, and so then I always laugh at people I'm like guys, like that's uh, the most ridiculous thing that you could ever think of, you know. We we have yeah, phones.
2: Following me by my phone. Exactly. I visit and my social media isn't enough.
1: Like,
0: come on. So, yeah. So, um, but, you know, it's weird because once you get vaccinated, I, you know, I kind of feel like, man, I could go out now. I could like, I'm now like, like, I'm going to get a gym membership, you know, like, you know, I, I I feel like I'm, (laughs) I have to, I was going to wear my cove shirt does not fit, you know, I'm just like, I got to.
2: I I felt a sense of relief. And, you know, mostly it just makes me feel like there's some hope on the horizon. You know, it doesn't make me feel like I want to go out and be around people or like, you know, go to a crowded bar or anything like that. I just feel like this is the first thing I could do to kind of get my life back to close to the way it was before this. You know what I mean? So. I was excited to get it, you know. A lot of people don't want it, and a lot of people are looking at me like I'm crazy. Especially the J and J one, yeah, because there's like fetal cells in there, and there's like all this stuff. And I'm just like, send it. I'm
1: ready. <laughs> <Send> it. <laughs> I've done worse.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've
1: slept. I've slept on a fucking bar. <laughs> bar floor. i have on the pool table. <laughs>
0: I drink the bar mat. You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: yeah, I've heard if you touch the the mats that we walk on behind the bar, you're pretty much immune to coronavirus anyway. It's true.
0: <laughs> Speaking from someone that touches them, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's completely... I touched them today just in case.
0: Oh, yeah, really? Okay, that's cool. I got it.
1: <laughs> so with all this said, um, and I don't know if it's an April Fool's joke, But did you see that that April 1st, they're supposed to open up all the Mm -hmm. theme parks? Mm -hmm. Does that make a lot of sense? I mean, to open up Disneyland, that's that's a lot. Like, how do you regulate how many people? Like, you're going to start a fucking riot when that day comes and you're only allowed to let 15% in. And the people that are outside are just like, I drove all the way out here. I took the day off. It's going to be like... that incident at Knott's Berry Farm all over again. Remember that one?
2: It's going to be like when they ran out of chicken sandwiches at Popeyes. <laughs> <Island. laughs>
1: like, "What for? Who gives a shit? Like, who wants to fucking
2: Disneyland that bad? My God!"
1: A lot of people. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people. Listen,
2: I don't have anything against Disneyland. They're they're fine. You know, they produce movies and they do all this other shit. They own Channel Seven. Great. I don't want to be there six times a year. You know, like, enough. Like, it's enough. I live far too, and I'm I'm an adult male, so it's like, you know, <laughs> there's that. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, just the, the fascination with Disney, for some people, I get it. It's like they're whimsical and they, they feel like a child again or whatever it may be. But I think I'm just too grumpy for that shit, man. Like... You know, I don't
1: like people enough. I don't. It's too many fucking people. Yeah.
2: I actually had a conversation with a bartender um, a couple nights ago about that very subject. I'm like, why do people like us, who are so introverted, who don't want to deal with people like in our regular lives, like we stay home and we're, you know, we communicate in like tight networks of people that don't include like, you know, a, a lot of like outsiders, so to speak. And then we go into the bartending industry and, like, the service industry and the industry where we have to sit there and talk to people for eight to ten hours a day. I'll just never figure that out. We're, like, so comfortable, and we can talk with anybody and strike up a conversation with an old guy, a young girl. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? But then the minute you walk away from the job, you're just like,
0: (laughs) don't talk to (laughs) me. How dare you – it's because you, you expelled all that energy already and, you know, like you already met your quota of people in your brain that day. You know, you already went through all your IGs, you know what I mean, in yeah. a sense.
2: I'm talking to this guy who's like a consultant for bars, you know, and he, he helps like bars do this and that, make menus, make drinks, design the place, furniture, lighting, whatever, you know. And um, we were we were just talking about a venue like a particular bar that's not even really around right now. But, um, you know, I, I got to talking about it and I was like, so you're working really hard, like getting all these places to launch. What do you do in your free time? Like, do you visit any of these places? Or like, do you maintain relationships with any of these people that work there? And he's just like, hell no, I stay home and it's just me and the dog. Like, And I, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, I totally can relate because – You know, not only do I live far, so I'm I'm like a total disconnect once I get up the hill, you know what I mean? And like, it's me and the dogs. And I'm like, I don't want to hear anything from people generally, you know, like, I'm not a real social person when it comes down to it until I get behind the bar. And then it's like, it's the total opposite, you know, it's like you flip a switch. Yeah, it's just such a weird uh, field to go into considering that, you know. I would have, like, chose to go into something, like, relating to, like, computers or, like, something you could just do solitary. You know what I mean? Like, didn't involve a whole lot of interaction. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, before you were uh, a bartender, didn't you sell, like, uh, camera lenses or something like that?
2: No, no. I did. um, Before I was a bartender, I worked – I was in optometry. Optometry. I did eyeglasses. And then before that, I was in photography. And I did like family portraits and stuff like that, and it was just real, like real commercial, you know what I mean? Not like I got contracted and went to people's houses. Like I worked at one of those places. You brought your family in, and we took your pictures. You, you, know what you
0: I mean? were, were a glamour shot,
2: <laughs> not glamour shots. No, <laughs> but, like you know what I mean? Like a, a family style yeah. place, yeah. not not like places where you have like cholas coming to like back to back pictures. <laughs> <you> <laughs> No, so, I mean, I I feel like out of all the stuff I've done, like, bartending has probably given me the opportunity to be the most myself, you know, and kind of keep it more real, I guess you could say, but for me, like, I I think I could do anything, you know, like, retail, I did retail, I, I mean, I mean, there's, I've been pretty lucky to get by and be pretty good at the stuff that I did before this, you know? Yeah. And this just kind of stuck like this. I just saw an opportunity and I was just like, I have to try this. You know, I had a lot of other friends that were bartending and I was helping them out. They were training. So I would like drink all their
0: drinks. (laughs) Sacrifice. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I was like, Oh, this one's way too sweet. The next one don't make it like this, you know? (laughs) And like a lot of places that they were working at would make them test. Like, they would give them, like, seven pages front to back of, like, alphabetized cocktails that they would have to know. And it it was always funny to me because I used to think, like, how intimidating. Like, how would you ever remember all those? And then what I learned shortly after starting to bartend is that 85% of the drinks on that list, nobody will
0: ever order.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know they exist. You know what I mean? It's like I can't remember the last time somebody walked into the bar and was like,
0: let me
2: get a grasshopper.
0: Okay. I I don't even know what that is. What is a grasshopper?
2: Creme de menth drink, you know, green and I don't even remember what's in it. Actually, I, <laughs> I think it's a vodka base, but you know, it's it's a mint creme de menth like cocktail. Wow.
0: So I just
2: I don't know, man.
1: Like let me get a Scooby snack. Later.
2: Yeah, and like everything changes so fast now too. So you wouldn't even. You wouldn't even be able to train like if you were going to train a bartender now you would want to train on the fundamentals and then your menu how to make the drinks on your menu you know what i mean so that they could be competent and serve everything the way you want it to be because like honestly like if you try to go through and teach people all the classics i think they do that in bartending school and that's cool because it's like fundamentals you know which glass to use for which style drink and how to build a cocktail and start here first and start with ice, then your spirit, then your mixer, you know what I mean? But, like, for the most part, like, I've only known maybe two people who've gone to bartending school and actually went and got jobs after that. And they were like, oh, I went to bartending school and I got a job, you know? Like, most of them go to bartending school and then figure out that they didn't need to go to bartending school (laughs) and then just start serving and then work their way up to the bar, you know?
0: Right, right. You know what has been your um your your correlation with the jigger because I know that at one point in your life you you were anti-jigger but it seems that you've uh, embraced it
2: I have fully embraced the jigger like honestly but I think it's it's application has to be appropriate okay Okay so so here's what I mean by that like a lot of a lot of um A lot of bars or restaurants or whatever implement the jigger because it's a cost thing. We need to make sure that you're not pouring more than one and a half ounces or two ounces in the drinks because, you know, in the corporate world, they're really dialed in on the bottom line and there's not a lot of room for screw up. And you know what I mean? Like, it's very, it's very much like profit driven. You know what I mean? Which sets a certain tone in your bar, you know, because we all know that there's bars where like. The owners are just so damn cheap. Like they won't do anything for the customers. The employees are treated shitty, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, like the jigger comes into play when you're really getting into drinks that have like four and five ingredients. You know, like I would say every single one of the bartenders that I work with can physically just hand count the measurements for the cocktails but I think that it's important to have a standard so that – because honestly, like in my opinion, everybody runs their, their programs differently and how they like their, their bar to go. But for me, my pet peeve is to hear somebody come in and say, oh, you know, you should order the Bloody Mary because Andrea is working. She makes the best Bloody Marys. Like I, as much as I'm complimented that they think she makes great drinks, I'm, as, I'm equally as insulted – because, like, they don't think that Cindy and Marcus and everybody else makes it as good. You know what I mean? So I think that when you get down to having drinks that are more complicated, especially, like, when you get to four and five ingredients and it's got a lot of, you know, modifiers and, or bitters and this and that, I think it's important to have a standard so that the product always tastes the same no matter who makes it. You know what I mean? I Like I said, I think that everybody that I work with can – physically count a quarter ounce a half ounce three quarter ounces whatever but to make sure that you get it right every single time and that there's no variance i think it's important for me it's never really been about the cost in a drink and and by the way if you come into the cove and you order a jack and coke you won't see the jigger come out for that you know what i mean like yeah. we know how to pour two ounces in a cocktail you yeah. know um but there are some things okay now there are some things like when you look at uh, rare and limited items where we have bottles in the bar that are two, $3,000 at our cost. you know what I mean? So that's another one that's going to get jigger poured because we need to make sure that we're controlling the pour on that. We can't afford to pour two and a half ounces in those glasses because we price everything aggressively. So, you know, the markup is not present in our bar the same way it would be in like your typical whiskey bar that might have these offerings or a restaurant or whatever. So for me, that's important on like hard to get items, bottles that we get to a a year of, we don't want to just free pour those because there's times where you just accidentally, you know, dump a little bit extra in the glass. And it's like, well, you know, it's always great to hook the customer up a little bit and give them, give them some love. But then it's like, you know, if, if we had priced those bottles, with a huge markup, then okay, yeah, there would be a little bit more wiggle room. But since we work so hard to try to make like rare and limited offerings available to the public that would not normally be able to get to them because they're not going to spend six thousand dollars on the secondary market yeah. or they're not going to drive to Palm Springs or even downtown LA and pay fifty dollars, a hundred dollars more than what we charge for it, you know? So jigger's good in in a lot of ways. I think there's only been one time like in the last couple of years where the jigger had to come out for a customer <laughs> and I, I don't know, I, you're laughing. I, I
0: know. Think, who. I know. Right? who.
2: <laughs> and, it, and it's funny how this happened because like I've owned the cove for like six years now and I've been there for nearly 20. Right. Yeah. I have never heard people complain about drinks there. Like, Like, I can't taste the alcohol. That's not something you generally hear in that bar, you know? So, like, this particular customer was like, I taste the alcohol anytime everybody makes the drinks except for one bartender. It's like she has it out for me or something. And I I had to approach it from, like, a standpoint of just, like, look, nobody has it out for you, like – You know, you you are who you are. Like you're part of the customers that come here. We appreciate your business and your patronage. You put up with us. We put up with you. You know (laughs) what I mean? It's like it's a give and get situation, you know. And um, after the complaint, I thought to myself, well, shit, you know, like how do we make this consistent for him so that it's always the same? I know. We use the jigger that way in case, you know, he's not getting – What he's I told him straight up, I said, you know what, I I think this is a legitimate concern, and I don't want you to be charged for anything that you don't drink. So from now on, I will make sure that every time you order a drink that you get the two ounces that you paid for, and they'll use a jigger to pour your drink so that you don't get shorted. And like, I don't know, maybe two or three, four days go by, and the customer's in the bar on a different bartender's shift, not the one that he complained about. And he says, you know, I should have kept my big mouth shut (laughs) because the drinks were so much better before I complained. I feel like I'm being punished. And I'm just like, look, you know, like maybe some people just don't know a good thing when they, when they have it, you know? Yeah. So the jigger is good. You know, the jigger is important for a lot of reasons, but in my case, I think it's most important. So that you have consistency. You know, I always like to compare it to In N Out because it doesn't matter who's working at In N Out. The burger always tastes the same. It's always delicious. It's consistent. Like, it doesn't matter if there's a guy working, a girl working, an old man, you know, a tween. It doesn't matter. Like, their training program is so good and their standards are so, like, thorough that it's always the same, no matter if you're in Pomona or Hesperia. It's like, no matter where you go, it's the same. So I always kinda want to like impart that same standard because like I don't want people to say, well, we don't we don't want to go there today because you know, Greg's behind the bar and he just doesn't know how to make a bloody Mary <laughs> like Cindy. And I'm like, that pisses me off, yeah. you know, not because it's me, but like, why isn't it all the same? Like, why can't we just agree that on the person who has the best recipe and make that the standard? You know, and put the pride aside. I know everybody has their way. They like to throw an extra dash. Yeah. This is how I do mine. You know what I mean? Like, get <laughs> the hell out of here with that. Like, it should be the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like it should be the same always. Yeah. And then there's always going to be your favorite bartender. Like, you, you know, the personality that you mix with the best or the one that you think is the funniest or most entertaining or makes you forget <laughs> about most your attention. day. You know what I mean? Uh, and it shouldn't be like the drink. Like, every drink should be the same. And I feel like when you pour like we do, it's not an issue of, like, oh, her drinks are stronger. Like, the drinks are strong. You know what I mean? Hold on. I <laughs> have a foster dog who is exploring yeah. the truck right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's one uh, great thing, too, about you is during this time you've been fostering dogs and um, adding to um, your your family, you Pretty know, a huge
1: family. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, you would have been the perfect person to talk to about this. We talked about this last week, but we talked about Lady Gaga and the stealing of the the dogs. And um, David's take was, uh, "What was your take, David? It was um, that the dogs are not family, right?"
1: Well, no, it's not that the dogs were family. Is the fact that you offered five hundred thousand dollars for your dogs back, but didn't? include like, Hey, I want to catch the guys that shot my dog walker. You know, there was like, there was like a separation of like of your own humanity towards somebody who was actually shot. You lost two of three dogs and you want to drop half a mil for two dogs when you're not even there half the time.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I don't know how to comment on that because, you know, you don't know what the extent of the relationship is. For example, you know, she could have this guy as a dog walker, and he mar- may very well make $2 million a year and have health benefits and a retirement plan because of her. She doesn't strike me as, like, a greedy bitch type. You know what I mean? Like, she, she strikes me as somebody who's, like, compassionate. So, And not that I, like, know a lot right, about yeah. her. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she just kind of strikes me as, like, a person who's not, like, money-driven, so to speak. So I think most importantly, like, yeah, you want to get your dogs back because they don't have a voice. You know, once somebody takes them, they're gone, you know, and in her case, I think she's lucky because of the uh, celebrity and the amount of fame that she has. It would have been really hard for anybody to do anything with those dogs, you know, and it's really sad when you see what's going on because this is an epidemic with dogs right now. Really? Specifically French Bulldogs, you know, and the problem is, is that I think you get people who are just desperate, you know, and they'll steal anything, whether they're like breaking into a store or a car or whatever, I think if you're stealing, your I, yeah, if you're stealing somebody's pet, like that's that's pretty low down. Like that's the ultimate. I'm a desperate person with like really probably no options and no no morals and no like compass. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't judge her for what she put out for the dogs because we don't know what she's doing for that guy. Like, if he took a bullet for the dogs that she's paying a half a million dollars to get back. I'm assuming that she's going to take care of him pretty well, you know. I don't think that she's a bad person, and I certainly don't think she's going to want to do this guy dirty because if he went out on TV and said, you know, like, I took a bullet for this lady's dogs and she didn't even pay me for that week, like, the
1: whole
2: (laughs) explode in anger, you know what I mean? Like, they would just – they wouldn't be having it, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Like I just think it's horrible because I know a lot of people who have those dogs and I I feel like oh uh, is it only a matter of time before like they're just walking their dog and a car pulls up and somebody tries to steal their animal because they know that it's worth like I know a guy who bought one of those for like ten grand. What? Yeah, and that's that's on the lower end for these dogs I've learned. Like some of these dogs are forty and fifty thousand dollars each. And, and they sell them that way because of the earning potential on breeding them. So, like, they'll say, look, I bred one litter. There was eight puppies. I sold them for twenty k each, you know? So so it's, it then goes from I'm a person who's emphatic about that breed, and I love that breed, and I'm passionate about Bulldogs or Frenchies, to, you know, I have a – it's like carrying a, a Prada or, like, a Louis Vuitton. You know what I mean? It's like – That's a status symbol almost, you know, and then people see it and they want to take it from you because they figure they can breed it. Not very many people fix those dogs when they buy them, you know, because they know that if they meet another person, whether it just be on Craigslist or at a dog park, it can bring them together. Even with limited AKC registration, which most of these dogs have, they still say that this dog has papers. So for example, I don't know how familiar you are with AKC, but AKC, will offer limited registration on puppies that come from uh, parents that are not, let's say, exceptional quality. You know what I mean? They'll say, yeah, the parents are both AKC certified, but one of the parents has a defect, whether it be like a marking, you know, a white patch of fur here or something, something out of the ordinary for that breed, they will register the puppies with limited registration, meaning if you breed them, those puppies don't come with papers. So, you know, people, people will like say, you know, yeah, I have those dogs and look, here's its papers, you know, and they think, oh yeah, my dog comes with papers because the parents have papers and the seller will like Xerox those. And, and when you have an actual AKC certified dog, there's a lineage chart that shows you like where each parent came from and, you know, like the whole bloodline essentially. Right. So they'll give a buyer a copy of that and say like, here's your dog at the bottom right here and you know, people don't know any better, but you know, there's actually people out there spending upwards of eight and ten thousand dollars for these dogs, which is why when you see somebody like pull over and shoot somebody, like I saw a lot of people being interviewed in West Hollywood. Like, that's where this happened, right? With yeah. West Hollywood. Okay. And it's like these guys are like, "Why would anybody want to do that to a dog?" I just don't get it. And I'm like, "No, that's the thing. You don't get it." Like. You're clueless about why they're doing this. They're not stealing it because they know whose dog it is, or because they're mad at dogs, or because you know this or that. They're stealing. <laughs> it. Puppies are worth a minimum of five grand a piece, and if you know anything about like, um, like illegitimate breeders or backyard breeders, I'll call them. They'll just breed a dog until it can't breed anymore, oh. and then when that dog is unable to be bred or produce puppies, they dump it at a shelter or they take it for a ride and dump it on the street. So that's kind of how that works. And and those, uh, those dogs are just worth too much money right now. I mean, every dog has gone through a phase. Like you had the Dalmatians with 101 Dalmatians. Everybody wanted a Dalmatian. You had the pugs with Men in Black. When Men in Black came out, everybody had to have a fucking pug. And then Disney put out some <laughs> other movie about snow dogs and everybody had to have a husky, you know? And it's just like, this is the current, you know, everybody wanted a chihuahua when Paris Hilton was carrying one around in a purse. And now some some influencer somewhere got a french bulldog. And now there are more variants of french bulldog that I've learned about like this week alone than I ever thought could have existed when it comes to like their coat, their color, the markings, the type of ears, you know, like every little thing, you know, and all that stuff determines their value. So I don't know. I just, I just think it's horrible. That's like stealing someone's kid to sell it. You know what I mean? And um, I don't think it's going to stop because we're living in a time right now where a lot of people are really desperate, you know. And, again, a time where people are just void of morals. They just don't care. You know what I mean? So, yeah. When you see somebody get shot for a dog, people think, oh, that's just outrageous. It's not a dog. It's an $80,000 earning potential. Wow.
1: Yeah.
2: It's a fucking paycheck.
0: Wow. Thank you for yeah. enlightening us on that. You know what I mean? Because um, – Yeah.
1: We, they, uh, I, I'm smarter now than I was. The, the yeah. Back to like the original thing,
2: I'm pretty certain she's going to take care of dude. Like he's going to get broke off proper. He's not going to see a medical bill. He's not going to go with, I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure there's a bonus in his future.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, what
2: are you going to do? That's like if you you had somebody, excuse me, watching your kids and they fought, you know, the worst thing they did was release the audio on that. That was horrible.
0: I didn't even hear that. I didn't even hear that.
2: I didn't hear it. Terrible. It's so, um, graphic, (laughs) not good. He (laughs) screams a lot and it's just like, you'd be really embarrassed if that was you. You know (laughs) what I mean? (laughs) very high-pitched screaming oh my God. No. you know and it was like oh <laughs> i feel bad of course for everybody involved but like not the audio
0: if <laughs> lady gaga and lady gaga if you're listening right now or watching just pay off the, the audio guy and just have it go away you know <laughs> yeah.
2: i mean the guy you know he, they're not going to stress on this he's they're not going to make a big deal out of him he's not like He's not like the guy who said hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna be a thing. You know what I mean? He's gonna go away because it was a good deed he did, and nobody focuses on good deeds for longer than like eight hours. You know.
1: But that, I, I'm sorry like
2: criticizing her, and you know the the fact that she would spend so much. I see it a lot online. If you ever want to like really gauge the, the intellect of your community, just read the comments, you know? Like, go to Channel 7's Facebook page and <laughs> read the comments. Right. And that will really kind of floor you and put you in, like, a place of perspective where you're like, wow! Holy crap! I mean, like, talk about, like, things that are completely unrelated, you know? They'll be like, she's paying $500,000 to get her dogs back, and there's homeless vets on the street? <laughs> Like, oh, my God, what does one thing have to do with the other? Like, with the other. You know, uh, okay, yes, but no.
0: Now, if it was, uh, yeah, if it was all veterinarians, okay, but. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't know. I feel like you can't do anything anymore. You could give. You could give charity and you could volunteer your time and they'll still say, well, yeah, he drove a fucking BMW <laughs> to go do the charity work. You know, like you have to – there's just no pleasing anybody anymore, you know?
1: Yeah, there uh, really isn't.
2: <laughs> so I, I, I take like a, a, a nod to those people who just say, fuck you. I don't care what you think. This is my life and I do what I want. You know what I mean? I don't care what they report on me in the news because it's just not important, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And speaking of not important sports, (laughs) we are uh, weeks away from the the Dodgers, um, you know, uh, and baseball opening up. And they are going to allow some people to actually go to the game. So I'm very excited about that. Maybe I can. And this is what I'm more excited about. Dodger Stadium holds 56,000 people on a sellout day. And I never go to sellout games. They're gonna do to twenty thousand. Uh, they're gonna do twenty thousand people about uh, now for I don't know until I. I think they're projecting until July because July that's when they project a lot of people are gonna be vaccinated and they could start really opening up. And I like that because I've gone to day games where there's twenty thousand people there and there's I have space. The line to get food is like two seconds. Uh, so I'm extremely excited about that uh, that's going on. And, of course, for you know all the other baseball fans and stuff like that, I, I'm, I'm sure they're hopefully excited uh, to this. One of the things that the, the pandemic did, I think, was re uh, give us a, a resurgence in baseball because that was the one thing that was the first thing that was postponed. And then people started like, hey, I got to watch my baseball. So uh, I'm really excited for that to come on. That's, I think, the only thing I got going on for sports. David, do you got any or, – or Greg, I know you're a big sports guy.
2: I live it. I breathe it. Um, what else can I say? You've
1: said it all. <laughs> You've said <set> it all. <laughs> Yeah, the countless jerseys in, yes. and, and yeah. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that my yeah. yeah. There, there's a big game at the bar. Who wants to change shifts? Yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <really>? Um
0: <laughs>
1: No, man. I mean, sports is it's it's a, it's in a lull right now. I mean, baseball is about to start. Basketball is halfway done. March Madness is gonna is gonna start. Is know? it gonna
0: start though? Because I mean it was yeah. it was stopped last year, so this year they're um,
1: supposed to they're supposed to have the entire tournament in one place. So it's all gonna be in Indianapolis. Gotcha. Uh outside of that, there's really nothing in sports going on that I can like I want to bring up. I mean, unless you want to talk about fucking uh the new space jam.
0: <laughs> new Space Jam? Is that coming out?
1: Yeah, Space Jam Is that, that coming out Lebon this year? James.
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean, I found Lola Bunny attractive. You know what I mean? I wonder how she holds up uh, after so all these that's years.
1: that's it. They made her less sexy. Oh. They, like, they took away the curves that she had in the first movie.
0: First Jessica and Rabbit, now Lola.
1: <laughs> and they got rid of Pepe Le Pew because he was too rapey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He, I mean, let, let, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. You know what I mean? He was. Um, he was very rapey But they they could have. You know what would have been cool if they would have got Pepe Le Pew and given him some classes or like you know put him with like I don't know Epstein or something like that and he would have like changed his ways. I don't know. Like you know what I mean? They, they, they could try, try to rehab the character or something.
1: I don't. I don't think they're saving him. I mean, I. <laughs> I grew up with him and I I'm not rapey. So, <laughs> so you know what I mean? I mean it's it's education more than yeah. anything. I mean
0: <laughs> Be the aware entire Looney Tunes
1: was a racist was a was a racist <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> Just from, from top to bottom. So yeah. I didn't give it to everybody. Um but yeah, I think that that about covers the sports. But I do want to reach out. So is there as a businessman in, in this pandemic, Greg? With everything with the vaccinations, has there been any changes coming along or anything that you've heard in regards to changing of colors and fucking opening up and everything?
2: Um, Yes, but to be 100% honest, it's just everything is speculative right now. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing that. People are saying this. Nobody has really put, like, pen to paper on anything and given us like a definitive, I haven't seen any updates that have said, yes, April 1st is going to happen, but everybody keeps saying within the first week or two of April that we'll be back. Some people are just insisting that it's going to be an outdoor thing at 50%. Some people are saying that it's going to be 50% outside and 25% inside. So I have no idea. I mean, as like a person who owns a business and relies on these kind of updates, I feel like there's a huge disconnect. Like in the beginning of this, we were being updated constantly when the two weeks to flatten the curve closure started, you know, like they were, they were in touch with us like weekly. Then it went to monthly. Then it went to just like crickets, you know, and nobody was saying anything because I don't know why. Maybe they just had nothing to say or whatever. The, the news wasn't good. So we, it, it just became quiet, you know, like nobody said anything. We just kept having to like speculate ourselves on, on what we were seeing and what we were hearing, you know? And so now I'm hearing a lot from like other bartenders who are saying, you know, this is what I've been told. And I'm hearing it from the supplier side too, from like distribution and the people that we order our products and our alcohol through, they're all saying the same thing. They, they, they've they been told that this is going to happen like within the first two weeks of April. So we can assume that, but, you know, we just don't know anything for certain until, I see, in like a revision to the closures. Now, and the other thing is, like now, when you get so close to an actual reopening, you have a lot of people who just say "fuck it," and we're going to open now because maybe they can't hang on, or maybe they just feel like they've waited long enough, or if they don't open now, they're going to lose their business, or you know, whatever it may be. I don't know, but I'm seeing a lot of that right now. Like as I look around, the pe- if they told us if we were going to open on April 1st. There's a, just a ton of people who jumped forward and opened in March, you know, because they're like, well, it's close enough, you know, and I can't wait any longer. And I think it also depends on where you live. You know, we do business in L.A. County, which was like the most restrictive tier. You know, we were hit different than a lot of other counties, considering our size in relation to San Bernardino. San Bernardino County is huge. And L.A. had way worse numbers, you know. yeah. I live in San Bernardino County, so when I drive home and I pass down, like, Let's call it Main Street. You know, like I look around and all the bars are open. And there's lots of cars there and none of them are doing business outside. You know what I mean? Like the restaurants where I live all attempted to do outdoor dining in October. And then November and December hit and they were like, It's cold. <laughs> Customers. Inside. Don't, so they just yeah. opened up and now everybody's been back to open up here, you know? And uh it's not that far away. So, I mean, like I said, it's just a matter of like geographically where you're at county wise. There's a different attitude towards it here. And, and the same thing in Riverside, everybody seems to be a little bit more, uh, or I should say a little less concerned. And, you know, the, the, then we have been in LA County, you know, like I kind of just, I didn't want to take chances because there's just too much that I didn't know about this and still don't know about this. So go out there and hold such a firm position on is it safe or not, you know what I mean? I'm governed by the state of California because that's who holds my license. So if they tell me that I can't open, then I can't open because if they pull my license, then the whole thing is null and void. You know what I mean? You can't sell alcohol without a license. You go to jail. So, yeah. you know, first and foremost, they have me, you know what I mean? Yeah. We don't have the ability to just, like, make our own rules. We've all kind of seen what happens when you decide to do that, you know? Unfortunately, there's not a lot of consistency in it. So when you get counties nearby that that decide that they've had enough or they're going to do whatever they want, then you just get migration because I don't know how many customers of mine in West Covina I talk to that say they go to places in like the Inland Empire. Let's just say, you know what I mean, because they know that it's open and you can go inside there, and they don't—they don't even ask you to wear a mask. And I'm like, oh, okay, good for you. You know, yeah.
0: Greg, I've been I, a staunch, I, loyal uh, guy. I, you know, I, I'm just waiting for, you know, the Cove to open up so I can have my cocktail. You know.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. Of course, I appreciate everybody's loyalty. I feel like it's been pretty overwhelming to see how many people have reached out and just asked what they could do or just the people who constantly reach out and want to know when they can come back. It makes me feel good to know that there's still a lot of people out there who are you know, ready to kind of go back to a, some sort of normal when we're allowed to because it's um, scary as a business owner. you know. I look at what we've done in the past sales-wise and how we budgeted ourselves and how we staffed the bar, and I feel like all that stuff is – in question right now because it's like I don't know how much revenue a business can generate at 50% occupancy and I don't know how many people are actually going to come back how many people are actually going to be scared and think that you know coronavirus is still something that is prepped like you know you I don't want to go out right now it's just it hasn't been enough time since the vaccine or whatever it is so that plays on my mind too and I think gosh can I schedule the same way Will we have two bartenders like we did before you know do we run the same hours because that current scheduling, like we pay a lot out in overtime just to keep the bar open, the amount of hours we do. And, you know, going forward, is that going to be feasible? I don't know. I hope so. And I think that we have enough people, you know, like waiting in the lurks that are like just ready to come back and support however they can. But, you know, there's no certain in this thing. So for me, there's always the question of like, what does the future look like for the industry? It's not even just the Cove. It's the industry itself. You know, it's it's bars, restaurants, music venues. I, I think it's the, some of the things that are the most important to our lives when you think of like your mental well-being and your social interactions and how you communicate and how you live, you know, those are all really important things. But I think so many people this year have discovered that they like staying home. And not dealing with people and like having their food delivered and like just all these things that they learned that they could do, you know, and that kind of makes me think, wow, maybe we won't have the same momentum that we did in 2016, 17 and 18 and 19, you know, we might not see the traffic that we saw back then because people don't feel the same way about going out. And we won't know that until it happens. So, you know, I'm optimistic and I think that I think that people are gonna be comfortable enough, but it just always plays on my mind, especially when you own a small bar. It's yeah. not like we have three thousand square feet to, you know yeah. comfortably space sixty people, you know. So when they tell me fifty percent capacity, I think, my God, that's twenty two people, you know, like that's a that's a day shift. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of stuff worries me. Um I'm optimistic about it because I feel like it's an industry that's pretty resilient. It has a lot of it has a lot of bounce back, it has a lot of loyalty, and it is, you know, like I said, it plays an important part of people's lives. We're we're social creatures. You know, there's a lot of people out there who are looking for love, just looking to get out of the house, whatever it is, you know, whatever it brings you to a bar. So, um I don't know. I I think we're going to be fine and it doesn't keep me up at night. I'm not trying to say I'm stressed out about it, but it's not like before where you just could go to sleep knowing that the next day was going to be great. Just like the day before that, you know, everything feels different now. So we'll just have to play it by ear. I think, I think it's going to be good. I just hope that um, more people will accept like the vaccine so that we can kind of move towards a place of having people, like, immune, you know? Because otherwise I just think that people are not cool with, like, going into a place and sitting there with a mask on. They just – it takes away from a lot of it. Like, as much as you say, I'll wear it, if that means I can go to the bar, I'll wear it. Once you get there, it's a different story.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah, because you can't drink with it on, so it's like you have to take it off, and then it's like – I, then I, I, I had this conversation with somebody in line today. Uh, I was had to get my registration. I was at the the AAA, and uh, and I told the lady. Uh, she's an older lady. She's like, "I got vaccinated." I was like, "Oh, get you a know, good for you I, I haven't yet. You know, I don't know when I qualify or whatever. And I was just like, "I I really believe that I'm going to keep the mask on for a good while when I go out. I mean, obviously I can go to restaurants and bars and stuff like that. You know." The risk that I take, but for general use, I still feel that the mask was something because I haven't got, I haven't really got sick. <laughs> it's been a year, and, and like I, I've been healthier, you know. And it's, yeah. it's I've stayed away from people, and and I feel a whole my common cold is
0: like <laughs> wow,
1: yeah. These things, you know. I've had, <laughs> I've had allergies, but outside of that, it's like. You know, and I, like my other business, like when I'm not at the bar do security, I was working in offices. And offices are just germ infested. It's just a fucking – the cold's going to go to everybody. And I just like I don't know if I want to go back to an office where I know when one person gets sick, I'm going to get sick. Right, right.
2: I think that's the biggest thing that people need to address going forward. There has to be um... – A a method for people to stay home when they're sick. You know what I mean? Like, you just can't expect people to come and work when they're sick because it's a recipe for disaster, whether or not it's a flu, you know, coronavirus, a common cold, strep throat, whatever. Like, it can be avoided. We've learned that you can avoid a lot of it. I'm not saying it can be eliminated completely, but if just keeping us a distance from people and washing your hands more and wearing a mask has kept us from. You know, like me personally, from having any illness whatsoever this whole year. You know, I don't yeah. even knock on wood when I say that shit anymore because it's like it's not about superstition; it's about good practices. You know what I mean? Yeah. So,
0: but but that is a cultural thing. I, I want to say because there were so many times where you would you know get sick and be like, "Well, I'm still going to work," you know, because I'm still like hardcore. You know, I'm still going to do that. So we have to really normalize saying, "Hey." If you're sick, stay home.
2: Yes, I agree. But another thing is people have to have personal accountability. And and what I mean by that is like everybody I know has used their sick time when they weren't sick because they wanted to go to <laughs> Vegas or they wanted to go somewhere else. And they're like, well, I have sick days I could use. And then they use them and then shit hits the fan, and they get sick and they have to go to work because otherwise it's a write-up or a possible termination or like. Some other, like, corrective action because the sick time that you had was used in time of health. And that's, like, you know, that's something that people have to stop doing because it's, like, you know, I'm not saying that every company gives, like, adequate vacation time or whatever it is. But, like, it's kind of like you have to know that when you take your job, you know. Like, we're all adults here, you know. Like, if you have a job that you work six days a week, guess what? You're not going on vacation, Because you work six days a week, you know? Like, that's just the reality of it, you know? And I think that there's just too many people who are not living in the real world. They want to do things that, that A, they can't afford, and B, that they shouldn't even be doing in the first place. You know what I mean? It's like... Uh, I've lived that life. Yeah. I mean, I (laughs) think everybody has in some way, shape, or form, you know? But at some point, like, when you're an adult, like, that's part of, like, owning your life you know like there's consequences to stupid decisions and like using your sick time to go to vegas is one of them because now when you're sick you have to go to work and get everybody sick or you get to stay home unpaid you know so i don't know i think it has a lot to do with personal responsibility before coronavirus happened the bar was like the one place where we would look at people when they come in sick like (laughs) what the fuck are you doing here I'm shitty right now. What happened? Oh, I'm not feeling good. Well, why are you here? Yeah, you know you're going to give it to me, and then I'm going to give it to him, and then he's going to give it back to me, and then everybody in the bar is going to be sick for like the next month because we're all regulars. You know what I mean? It's like stay or at home. Yeah, I'm going to drown my my cold in tequila. <laughs> I'll all the germs, and I'm like, well, yeah. and buy a handle and go home. You know. It just doesn't make any sense. I get it. You don't want to be home bored. We don't want your germs. You
1: know?
0: Yeah. And that concludes our sports segment, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> Always does. Always does. Now it's, uh, on to weather.
0: This is our last call for topics. Uh, any uh, Anything you want to talk about, Greg?
2: Well, not specifically I feel like we did kind of cover a lot of stuff, but mm, no not specifically I think I
1: think I'm good. David uh, no I mean uh, we ta- I talked about coming to America which was kind of my big thing. you know I wanted an update on on uh, Greg in the bar got got that uh, you know missed the bar missed hanging out with everybody uh hopefully the vaccinations do bring us all closer together sooner than later but on that no
0: yeah um I'll, I'll real quick on the vaccination i did what they call a vaccine you know um i wanted to show people that you know I, i'm getting <laughs> vaccinated you know and um and that like i'm not going to turn into some like weird ghoul or or anything you know i just wanted to show them like hey look if if I don't turn crazy, but at the same time, it's kind of like a, you know, an insurance policy just in case I do, <laughs> you know, of, of that that whole like, look, I got vaccinated. I'm normal. Guys, don't be afraid of it. It's completely fine. So I did that. And, you know, it was weird doing it, you know, because this is to, like taking a photo of myself and putting it on social media is, is, is been extremely rare in my life. I rarely do it. You know, it's usually me, you know, talking with musicians or or whatever, that stuff that I do. So uh, I just wanted to kind of normalize that and get that out there and let everybody. But not that I'm like a hero or or anything to anybody, but I just was like, well, I'm kind of somebody that everybody knows. So if I can normalize this, I think that would be cool.
1: You know, my real quick, you know, my my favorite part of the anti-vaxxers are? Is they're all our age and to go to school they were vaccinated so they've been vaccinated before none of these people that are anti-vaxxers have never not been vaccinated once in their life and i don't see how that changed in the last 30 30 years you know i get the flu shot every year cuz i don't i had the flu that shit sucks
2: <laughs> i got a flu shot every year for like the past 5 years and i've
1: never had the flu
2: like, that's another thing people always say i get the flu shot and then i get the flu right after and i'm like that's never happened to me and i've literally had the last five years straight you know yeah
0: anytime so. you travel to another country what do you what do they say go see a doctor go so you,
2: home, you filthy <laughs>
0: American. <laughs> well, that's when we're there that's when we're there yeah, no, no, <laughs> they say go, yeah they're like B- before you go to a foreign country make sure you see your doctor and get vaccinated because there's Stuff over there that you need to get vaccinated. That's why. That's why this whole again, this vaccination thing is is has been really weird. Um, last topic I, I want to talk to uh, you guys about, uh, and it was I don't know if it's a topic or just something very weird that I, I noticed was I was outside uh, with a buddy of mine. Um, we went to go have a, a donut and, and coffee and, and talk, and then we're parked right in back of my car. And as we're, we're parking, we're just talking um, and I'm playing him some music because uh, I don't know if you guys heard that new um, Sonic Silk, that Bruno Mars uh, uh, new Band? thing. Yeah, no, I have heard it yet. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. If you guys haven't heard it, make sure uh, after this program to go look it up uh, Sonic Silk. It's absolutely amazing. Anyway, so I was playing it for him. like, dude, you got to hear this song. It's fucking dope. You know, and um, as we're waiting... A car stops right next to us and it's, you know, it's a, a woman comes out and I'm just like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on here? And she like throws something in in the back of like my car, like at the bottom, you know, by the wheel. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, do, do, do I know this girl? What's going on? And then she just jumps and she sees us and she jumps in her car and just like darts off. And I'm like, I'm like, I tell my buddy Juan, I'm like, Juan, I got to go outside. I got to see, did she leave a grenade? Like, what is happening? You know, Bruno Mars, did, would I, am I going to catch a grenade for you? Like, what's going on? So I walk outside and I'm like, I think she threw trash on my wheel. What the fuck? And I, as I keep on looking, I notice that she's a crazy cat lady. She's feeding all the cats around the neighborhood. And I'm like, who like, why would you do that? Like, why would you just stop off at random places, drop food off in random wheels, and give food to cats? It's the most oddest thing in the world. <laughs> that was my first sign of a crazy cat lady. I mean, I've seen crazy cat ladies with like the tens and twenties, but this is my first like rogue crazy cat lady that I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My my thing is like, is she's leaving food by the by the tires? Is she for the cats or is she against the cats? That's like, true. When it gets run over, <laughs> she's like,
2: I accident, I put some uh, extra food up by the radiator.
0: <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I didn't even. Think- That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I didn't know how to take this. It was the fucking most oddest thing in the world. She saw us, and then she just, like, darted off. And then then I'm, like, looking, and I just see her driving around, like, the other blocks and shit, and I'm like, who has the time for this? You know? All of us. All of us. (laughs) Yeah. So just... Want to share that it is now time to do, uh, you know, our our final cheers of the show. And, uh, David, go ahead and start off the final cheers. What are you cheersing to today?
1: Well, since, uh, in honor of our guests, cheers to small business owners who have been able to survive and keep it going and haven't lost faith. So, cheers to Greg and and everybody who's been uh, hit really hard, you know, for the small businesses.
0: Definitely, definitely. Cheers, all you guys. Greg, uh, who are you cheersing to?
1: You know, this one will just go
2: out to everybody, all, all our supporters, everybody who's been so loyal to, to the bar and to the bartenders for so many years and all the people who are reaching out and just asking what they can do or if they can help or, you know, if they need to go at city hall i mean like I, we've had some crazy offers of like <laughs> um people willing to like help us out you know what I mean yeah most of which we would just have to like kindly decline because it's illegal or <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> even, like, stuff like that but i don't know my mind goes out to everybody that's hanging on with us a little for
0: oh wow Get that
2: something a little smooth and sweet
0: yeah there you go. My cheers is going to go out to, uh, of course, Greg and uh, all the bartenders uh, at the Cove. Uh, We miss you guys and uh, we miss just hanging out. And, um, you know, thank you, Greg, for coming on the show. Uh, Really, truly appreciate it. Um, Yeah, yeah. And and I miss seeing you guys. I miss seeing everybody. You know, I just saw David last week, but, uh, you know, I miss seeing everybody else. So, uh, cheers to. uh, to all the bartenders out there, whether you're working or not, cheers to you guys and everyone at the Cove. So, that's it, man. That's that's gonna wrap it up for uh, this edition of Drinks to Words. By uh, our guest has been Greg. Make sure is there any way that people can uh, support you? Whether it's I don't I don't know, sending in cash or like is you know Money like dog food. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know no. I don't.
2: No, we're good. I'm good. I just, uh, the best thing for me is just like the outreach and having people send messages to like the Coves Facebook and the Coves Instagram. And, um, you know, just it's the constant reminder that people are there and they're waiting. So that's just been like the most reassuring thing for me. Because like I said, we just don't know what to expect going back. But when you see people reaching out consistently and, you know, staying connected and engaged with us, I think that that's Probably meant the most to me through the last year.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Any new swag? Did you? I mean, we we can buy shirts, but uh, is there an, is there gonna be any new swag coming? Maybe once uh, this is over.
2: Uh, actually, there will be, and we're a little bit behind on what we probably should have done, but we're gonna be putting everything up online so that you can actually just throw stuff in a cart and buy that way. And you're not um, able to come into the bar. Like times like these, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to be great. Uh, you, awesome. you all be the first one with the cart. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I'm uh, like, look at the
1: cart, look at the cart on that
0: guy. <laughs> His cart holds up. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> like all mediums. He has a very small family. <laughs>
0: Not anymore, man, man. I, 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 I gotta. I, that's why I gotta get back into the gym. Uh, but, uh, again, thanks again to Greg and, of course, to the Cove Cocktail Bar. I'll support them, send them emails, and uh, DM them. And, of course, anything uh, that uh, we've talked about, you can always email us or slide in the DM and uh, check us out. Uh, we are on tons and tons of streaming platforms, uh, so go check that out. And on YouTube. We are on YouTube as well, so you could see it. You can either listen to it or you could see it. Uh, make sure to go check that out. And that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Drinks Words Buy. And we are out of here. Later.
1: All right, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks,